Thanks for tuning into this week's Stacker Chat. Stacks is smart contracts for Bitcoin, and I'm joined by Muni Bali, Stacks founder, for your weekly updates. Now, um, Russia and Ukraine are in the throes of war right now in a global crisis. Can you unpack for us how you see Bitcoin as a strength for citizens in both war times and in peace? Um, and speak a bit further about how Bitcoin can be leveraged for good. Yes, so I think um, I, I had a tweet about this, that uh, the sad thing about Bitcoin is that people realize the importance of Bitcoin in uh, times of conflict more than times of peace, right? And, and that's that's just something where it's a little bit like, you know, if you tell somebody uh, that, hey, look, um, your, your money is not really safe in banks, they will look at you a little bit strange, like, hey, what are you talking about? I've been using banks for like such a long time. Uh, until there is a day when your assets are being seized uh, in, in in your bank and you're shocked, right? Or or, or similarly, you know, if you live in a country uh, like uh, Lebanon or something, where suddenly the the value of your local currency just drastically dropped, uh, and their bank runs and and, and people are uh, suffering, and then they suddenly realize that oh, something like Bitcoin, that uh, that is open source technology, is a decentralized network. No one can uh, take away uh, your money from you in a network like that, both in the sense of like actually confiscating it and uh, also in the sense of uh, if you need to travel with your money, like, you know, it, like this is like way better than gold even. Like you can't like travel with a lot of gold on you, but you can with just a hardware wallet or just like, you know, remembering your, your, your private key just in your brain and so on. But also like in terms of if there is a financial crisis in the world, like, I don't think Bitcoin is, Bitcoin is still an early technology. I don't think Bitcoin is fully there yet where people, uh, like in terms of a financial crisis, people would flock to Bitcoin. Like, But I think we're kind of already getting there, even though these are early days for Bitcoin, we're kind of already seeing some of that happen. But in the long term, uh, Bitcoin is designed to be the asset uh, that would be the safest thing to hold uh, if there is a financial crisis going on in, in, the, in the world. So I think from that lens, it's a it's a little bit like whenever there's there's a, uh, there, there's a war-like scenario, suddenly more people do wake up to uh, the potential of Bitcoin. It's kind of like sad to see that, right? Like because on one side you're you're kind of like feeling that hey, it's really tragic that this thing is happening, but on the other side you've been working on this technology for such a long time, and finally you see that other people are waking up to why why this is important, right? And, and, and one thing that I think people should keep in mind is uh, Bitcoin is neutral. Like uh, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit like uh, anyone can use it uh, and like criminals can use it if they want to, like there are pros and cons to it, like because the ledger is public, people, people can track things. And similarly, like in a war-like scenario, it can be used for giving donations to the site that, that uh, you think uh, needs more help or there is a, there is a, uh, there are more kind of like tragedies happening and people are losing their lives, but also like it can be used by the other side as well, right? So Bitcoin is neutral. Anyone anyone can use this uh, this network, and this is this is a fairly a fundamental tension that a lot of people face. Like we have seen similar arguments with the internet as well. Like the internet is is as neutral as possible. I think Bitcoin is actually more neutral, 
And then similarly, anyone can use the internet, like criminals can use the internet, and you can, but you don't ban the internet usage because bad people might use it. You have this fundamental belief that there are more good people on the planet than bad people, right? And, and you want to enable free open technologies because in the end, the total benefit to society is usually always much bigger because you have this fundamental belief that there are, are a lot more good people on the planet uh, than, than, there, than there are criminals or people who might use a technology for, uh, for, 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 for bad reasons. All right, thank you. And can you speak a bit further on this concept of um, self-sovereignty for states and sort of the benefits of countries building a position in Bitcoin reserves? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very interesting question, right? If you go back to even earlier times, um, it was extremely important uh, to any sovereign state to have their own gold reserves, right? They would like, in some ways, the worth of, an, of, a, of a, a sovereign nation was valued in how much wealth they had and wealth mostly mostly in gold and other types of like hard assets uh, that they had. Right? And I think this is a, is a little bit like the modern financial system is, is relatively very new to, to humans and society. Right? Like for most, most of our time, we have measured wealth in like very tangible things, like you know how much how much of a uh, natural resources do you have, or how much gold do you have, and so on. And even even today, right? Like if you look at uh, the price of commodities, like with the war, the price of oil is shooting up, right? Or the the price of wheat is shooting up. These are commodities. These are kind of like physical uh, uh, things that you can own, right? Whereas the modern financial system is all digital, right? It's just like entries on a, on, on a ledger somewhere. And in, in times of crisis, like uh, people can back out of their obligations and contracts or, or debts and, and whatnot, right? So those numbers actually mean less than hard assets. And, and Bitcoin is effectively kind of like the, the, the best hard asset that you can think of, right? It has all the good parts of a digital asset, right? And at the same time, uh, it is scarce and it's limited and everyone, and it's neutral. Everyone uh, on, on the planet, just like an open source neutral technology that can agree that, you know, there are only 21 million Bitcoin. This is how the protocol works. And, 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 and it's a scarce asset. Uh, so in, in that sense, if you look at the politics or dynamics between different nations, any nation that kind of like uh, really cares about uh, their sovereignty would start building positions in Bitcoin, right? I think this is early days and these types of statements might sound crazy, right? But if you roll back time uh, to early 2011 or 2013 or something like that, some of the stuff that Bitcoin people were saying has already happened. There's, there's already a country out there where Bitcoin is legal tender. You could have never imagined that in, in, in the early days of Bitcoin. Similarly, today, if you're saying that, you know, nation states, uh, would almost like if you follow the game theory, they would they would they would be compelled to start building Bitcoin positions, just like it was important for them to have uh, gold, or just like it's important for them to have reserve uh, uh, assets for for the US dollar because it's the reserve currency, and almost like so many of these countries, including uh, Pakistan, where I grew up, like they need to keep uh, like USD on their balance sheet just to be a part of the global economy. And I think as the landscape is, is, is shifting, it would become very important to actually have uh, Bitcoin positions uh, to, to, to maintain uh, sovereignty in a, in a new financial world. Right, thank you.
Now, Bitcoin has succeeded for the past you know, 10 plus years through its growing community. I think there's been a lot of folks who are just very vocal and evangelists. But as you've noted before, there are far less developers um, building on Bitcoin. So what do you think is necessary for both Bitcoin core development and innovation at higher levels for Bitcoin to continue to lead? Yeah, I think um, if if you would kind of like squeeze the history of the uh, uh, Bitcoin and crypto industry, I think uh, there's basically the early days and then leading up to, I would say, 20, 2017. I think 2017 was a big, big year, both because we saw the rise of Ethereum, right? Even though a lot of people in, in Bitcoin would kind of like hate what, whatever is going on in the Ethereum community, but there was the rise of Ethereum. Like Ethereum really started getting a lot more usage. Um, and interestingly, it was the year when the Bitcoin community became more more conservative than they used to be because they were, there was this internal kind of like block size uh, debates and war happening. And at the same time, they had an external enemy sort of, right? And, and, and at the same time, a lot of the people who were, uh, tinkerers and developers who wanted to build kind of like new things, they almost had an option, like a real, real alternate option where they could go and, and try to experiment with those ideas. Before that, like most of that was just happening in Bitcoin and a little bit like with other projects that were offshoots of Bitcoin where someone would fork Bitcoin and basically make some changes to it, like Namecoin or other other types of forks that, that existed at the time. But, but Bitcoin was kind of like, you know, always the place where uh, most of the int interesting, uh, even discussions about hey, uh, different ideas or different things that can be built, and and so there's a reason why when you dig deeper, you would notice that NFTs started on Bitcoin, but they started on Bitcoin in the pre 2017 era, right? Similarly, these concepts of even doing ICOs like a Bitcoin, uh, the current Bitcoin maximalist crowd like hates these ideas. This started in Bitcoin. Right, like colored coins and all these other ideas of like actually raising raising money by issuing a token can can be traced back to Bitcoin. Uh, even even concepts like starting new types of assets by doing merge mining, Namecoin. Satoshi was involved with Namecoin, right? Uh, and 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 interestingly, so I think 2017 is a hard kind of like cutoff uh, year where the Bitcoin community there was a there's a big shift. Instead of uh, being more open, more friendly to developers, the mainstream argument actually became very defensive. Like people basically felt that they need to protect the core layer of, of Bitcoin uh, because the core layer of Bitcoin was a little bit under attack at that time. Right? Interestingly, uh, that war is over, right? But there is still PTSD from it that exists even, uh, even today. And what has happened is the overall industry has matured a lot more. Right. So there are now uh, much better developer libraries available, much more sophisticated engineers have actually entered the industry. And Bitcoin in that regard has been left behind right? uh, because most of these developers are actually coming in and building in the Ethereum ecosystem or more lately in the last year or two in newer L1s like Solana, Avalanche, Algorad, and, and, and so on. Right. So there's a, there's a clear almost like uh, division in history. And what I would love to see is... Uh, the Bitcoin community opening up to developers again. First of all, the Bitcoin base layer is no longer under attack. And I think that's, that is a huge thing that everyone needs to uh, realize and agree. 
And, and the Bitcoin base layer, it just needs, uh, you know, mostly kind of like maintenance and some, some small amount of really high quality developers who can basically maintain the code base and with some frequency introduce very careful upgrades. Like, like the way the Taproot upgrade was done was actually a very, very uh, responsible and, and, uh, and the right way that things were handled. So I don't, I don't expect the Bitcoin core to upgrade rapidly over the years and it doesn't need to either, right? So there needs to be a very high bar, a very careful process, a small number of really high quality developers are needed to maintain the base there. But what's completely missing is your app developers, people who want to use Bitcoin in all sorts of interesting ways. And I think over there, that is that is the, the misunderstanding that's going on in the current Bitcoin circles, especially the more maximalist circles, where they need to understand that if a developer comes in and is trying to build something on Bitcoin, that is not changing the base there. They are in, in no shape or form harming Bitcoin. Either it's neutral for Bitcoin, you can just ignore it, right? Or they're actually benefiting Bitcoin, right? They're benefiting Bitcoin because these developers, they have options out there, right? So if there's a developer uh, who's coming in and actually spending their, their, their time and effort trying to build something on Bitcoin, that is an extremely positive thing for Bitcoin. Worst case scenario, like if you're not convinced, you can ignore it and it's a neutral thing. But in no shape or form, that person is trying to harm Bitcoin because that person is not trying to change the base layer, right? And I think right now there's a there's a huge need to revive the Bitcoin developer community. And I, I do think that, and by that, I mean this broader developer community, not, not Bitcoin Core. Bitcoin Core is, is doing fine and, and obviously can, can see more support. A bunch of developers have left recently. And I think we are trying to change that. We're trying, we're trying to make donations and, and do this. And I, I do think that our community can actually take a leadership position there because we are one of the most active dev communities in Bitcoin right now, today, right? And 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 we and so many companies in our ecosystem have capital. There's so many uh, active grants and donations that are already being made in the ecosystem, and we are super friendly and super open to uh, a bunch of other open source projects in the Bitcoin community as well. So I do think, like in the coming months or later this year, uh, we would actually see that recognition that, hey, look, Stacks is actually good for Bitcoin. Stacks is bringing like a ton of new developers to Bitcoin. Uh, Stacks is actually helping contribute to Bitcoin core development, is, is, is helping almost like uh, capture developer uh, mindshare and attention, which are very scarce and very valuable resources and redirecting them to Bitcoin, uh, just like the it, how it was like in the pre-2017 era. And I do think that can really help unlock this broader uh, Bitcoin economy, which which everyone wants to to see. Even the, the the maximalists of a maxi would want to see their Bitcoin become more valuable and the Bitcoin ecosystem grow. So I, I think I think in, in the long run, like these uh, recent uh, uh, kind of like changes and revival of the Dev ecosystem is actually super super interesting and super positive. Great, and so. We spoke a little bit about some of the developer or some of the applications that might be possible. Um, but what other features would you be interested to see built around Bitcoin? Um, I think there's also been the question of privacy that came up recently. So curious on the comments. Yeah, so I think with the Stacks programming layer, the general model that people should have is any technology that you're excited about, 
you know, it could be ZK rollups, it could be uh, Arbitrum style like fraud proofs. It can, those are kind of like scalability solutions, uh, but also like privacy solutions like the ZK rollups and other ZK technology, like they have a huge privacy angle to it. So any of those technologies that you're excited about with Stacks as a programming layer, it is very easy to bring those uh, benefits and features and, and new types of things to the Bitcoin ecosystem. That's the first thing. I think that's huge news, right? Like Because uh, I don't think a lot of people realize that, that if, if something is taking off in the rest of the crypto industry, now that you have the Stacks programming layer, you can actually just implement that uh, right, right in the Bitcoin ecosystem. And obviously there is a trade-off, right? Because you're not implementing things at the Bitcoin base layer. So you're kind of like not benefiting from 100% of Bitcoin security and, and Stacks kind of like benefits from Bitcoin security in other more specific ways. But there's always this, you know, separate uh, security budget that the, the Stacks programming layer has. But if it starts getting a lot of traction, that security budget itself could be very, very large, right? So imagine that, you know, uh, Ethereum has a security budget. Uh, over time, it's entirely possible that the stack security budget is uh, comparable to Ethereum or maybe exceeds that uh, over, over time because the smart contract market around Bitcoin could be potentially very, very large. Right? So that's, that's one thing. Uh, and I think there are interesting ways that the Bitcoin base layer could also play a role in these technologies, but that would almost always require some sort of a Bitcoin improvement proposal. And those improvement proposals might be soft forks, which are relatively relatively easier. Not they still take years and years to uh, go through, but relatively easier to do. Or at some point, you know, potentially if some change is big enough and it can benefit the community enough, like potentially even a hard fork, which is usually very hard to do in Bitcoin and historically has been extremely hard to do. So I think, but if we can get the community and the ecosystem to a place where there's a ton of developer activity, stacks can upgrade much faster, right? So you can do much more experimentation on the stack side. And eventually you will know like precisely what type of changes are needed at the Bitcoin side. Maybe it's a Merkle proof checking, or maybe it's some sort of new opcodes that you want to introduce at the, at the Bitcoin layer. But I think once there are enough developers uh, and you can push for that and you can push for those changes, but until then, like I think right now stacks is your best bet, right? Because uh, Practically speaking, these things are already happening uh, in the Stacks ecosystem and it, it requires zero changes from Bitcoin. You can just come in and, and start implementing these things today. Great, thank you. Now on to the latest news um, in the Stacks ecosystem. We've seen a mobile DApp browser go live via Xverse Wallet. Um, also the announcement of a new ecosystem entity called Mechanism. Um, there's also an NFT launch for the Apes Together community, which is by the Megplant founders. Um, so yeah, I'd just love to hear your reactions to the news um, and this community that seems to be launching products on a near weekly basis. Yeah, so I think I think uh, I might have said this before that uh, for me at least, I think it was a big moment when I realized that um, I am sometimes on the receiving end of news, meaning that I have no idea that, that something was happening and I find out along with everybody else. Like, like some years ago, I think the community was small enough that I would probably like have some sort of a heads up that I, I know that someone is working on something and so on. So the X-Force news, I, I, I know I know Ken, I, I know that they're, they're doing an amazing job with the 
uh, with the mobile wallet. But I had absolutely no idea that this is in the works. And it, when it came out, I saw it along with everybody else. And I, I'm as excited as, as other people. I, I do think it's a huge deal. Uh, really good mobile experiences are, are super important. Uh, so it's so a great, great work, Ken and, and the team. I think you, you guys are killing it. Uh, and s- same for some of the other uh, startup announcements that came out. Like, you know, I, I obviously know Jeff and have worked with them before. Really excited about what they're doing. But interestingly, I think the, the thing that stood out to me in the announcement is uh, how clearly they've kind of like laid out their vision that, look, we are here to increase the GDP of Bitcoin, uh, which is a hat tip to Stripe's mission. Like Stripe has a mission of like, hey, we want to increase the GDP of the internet. And I think this is, again, a mission that anyone who holds Bitcoin, again, if you're a maxi, you can still get behind this mission that, yes, we want to increase the GDP of Bitcoin. We want to grow Bitcoin. You, because your Bitcoin, your BTC will become more valuable if, if they're successful. Right? And then they're very clearly articulating that for us, Bitcoin is the money layer and SACS is the programming layer. And this is how we want to, we want to build things. And, and I think that's, that's a very simple understanding. And I, I think more and more developers are beginning to understand that. And they are uh, they are basically understanding this two tier architecture that we have, and we we have discussed that just now, like how the base layer doesn't need to change that much. It will be slow uh, to change over the years, but the programming layer uh, is where you can you can experiment with things much much faster. And I think the work that they're doing is again uh, fits really neatly into into that picture. In terms of NFTs, like I feel like. Um, I, I, I personally need to spend a little bit more time. Like the community has grown a lot more. And I think uh, at least in the last uh, some weeks or so, I, I felt like I, I'm, I'm lagging behind a little bit. I haven't stayed as updated as, as I would have liked to. So let me let me actually go and, and, and check out some of the new things that are happening. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here. And thanks everyone for tuning into Stacker Chats. Um, please like these videos, subscribe, and let us know what you have or let us know what questions you have in the comments or on Twitter. And thank you. We'll see you all next week.